made the conditions much better than us. Uh, we got caught in their traps. Um, individuals were poor uh, on the day. Hello and welcome to the I Don't Really Want to Do This Because I'm Sad and Angry Sunland Review Podcast, also known as Ah! Sunland fell off the top of League One this afternoon after losing 4-0 at Bloody Portsmouth in a game of water polo on the South Coast. I won't labour on it, we will shit. So if to discuss today's game and potentially my sanity for doing a podcast about today's game is returning guest and the ever faithful, hopefully slightly happier, Bradley Sharp, you alright? Um, I wouldn't say slightly happier, mate, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah, I think the weather the weather sums up my my uh, mood today, mate. But yeah, it's good to be back. Thanks for having us, Graham. Oh, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome. I, I, as you can imagine, I had an influx of people desperate to be on this one. Um, one person who was probably quite happy to come on is uh, Freddie Webb from, of course, the PO4 cast or PO4 podcast, whichever you prefer. Hugh dropped himself in it and arranged a meeting. Freddie has stepped in at the breach and I've heard he's better looking. He's a lot happier, um, certainly than he was during the week. And he's a very happy man. Freddie, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah. Um, almost speechless of how happy I am after that game. A complete 180 of how things have been going for Pompey for a long time. But from a Sunday perspective, you must be sick of it. <laughs> you must be sick of it. Losing at Fratton Park again, considering how... Poor, 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 and how many struggles Pompey have had over the last over a month now? It was really weird when I went on. I don't know. Hopefully, people listen to. It, but obviously, I was on the the PO4 cast this week with yourself and Hugh, and like I think you asked me, is there any way that Pompey can damage Sunderland? And I think to be fair, um, at the time, I'm flying, feeling very confident. And as soon as I came off that podcast, I thought, oh, well done, G, well done. Um, now you've done it. Fantastic. Um, but I think, uh, you know what, football's a funny game and hopefully we'll, we'll get on to it, but hopefully in context, this is going to be something that's annoying as opposed to derailing. Um, we're still second off top, so, so fingers crossed it's, it's all right. Put it this way, I'd, I'd rather be in Sunderland's position at the minute than, than Portsmouth in terms of league position. I would have just rather not had to choose, I think, is the, is the point. Um, we'll, we'll get into it, Brad. I'll, I'll come to you first, um, as I always do. Um it's frustrating two hours after kickoff is probably not the best time to do it and I think you've probably noticed that from uh, I'm definitely going to start doing defeats on a Sunday hopefully I don't do many Sunday podcasts but how do you assess the game mate? Um, stark contrast to what it was Tuesday night well really from the rest of the season now it might sound like I've seen you put it on Twitter it might sound like sour grapes and the, the Pompey fan Freddie might laugh at us for this. The game shouldn't have went ahead because the, the pitch conditions were atrocious. But it's that old cliche. It's the same for both sides. And oh, don't get us wrong. Portsmouth have adapted better to them conditions to suit their style of play as opposed to us. We were still trying to get the ball down and play football like we have been. And the ball was just sticking. At that point, that's when you, you try and change it. It, it. it was so obvious. There was a point in the first half. Then Button got down the left. And he was coming in the box. And I said to the people I was watching it with, and my son, my partner, I said, the ball's going to stick, the ball's going to stick, and it stuck. And he, he just lost it under his feet. And we could see it was happening, and it was so frustrating that they couldn't 
change the and I mean it's easy saying it because we just watched me, but how they couldn't have changed the style of play because full credit to Portsmouth. I mean they did adapt to it and all four of their goals. Well, maybe it's the first three. The third ones obviously came and got stuck under Winchester, but you can't blame the weather for any of their first three goals. It was just shambolic defending. And there's a player that me and you love, Graham, um, Luke O'Neill. I think that was his mm. worst performance in the Sunderland Shed. He tried yeah. to con the ref for the second goal. And sometimes when it comes off, Graham, we love it. Like he, he, He's that cheeky player that we love. But he's tried to con the ref and stayed down. And he's been caught out for it today. But everything he'd done today went wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of them days, like we say. Full, I, I don't like saying it because no disrespect to you, Freddie. I can't stand Portsmouth. But <laughs> it's just one of them days, mate. We, we've just got to say how we bounce back from it. Um, it was awful to watch. I, I don't even think Portsmouth fans would have said it was great to watch like as a dominant display. It's just they took the four chances we had and we didn't create a fucking chance all game. I think it was... Uh, <laughs> I haven't checked this, right, because I'm not the kind of person to check it, although I am a bit of a Stato, uh, throwback comment there for the, the people who remember Stato. Um, but I think that's some of the heaviest defeat since we've been in League One. I'm pretty certain it is. Um, I cannot remember. I can remember teams putting more than four past us, five past us in one instance. I won't labour on that. But I don't remember it being four without reply. Um, and I think that kind of sums it up a little bit. But... I'll come to you, Freddie, as well, because obviously there's a flip side of this and you always concentrate on your own team. So from a Sunderland perspective, you look at what went wrong with Sunderland. You watch Portsmouth every single week. What went right for Portsmouth today? Do you, do you agree with Brad and mine assessment or do you think Portsmouth did play really well today? I definitely think Pompey played very well. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm poor. So after sh- shouting at the front of the, the entire game. Um, <laughs> for me, really, I'll get the weather point out of the way quickly. I disagree with Brad, not because of being 3-0 up at half-time. Um, being at the game, uh, the weather was really bad in the corners, but for the central pitch, it was fine. Um, and, like, and like you guys said, the Sunderland players didn't adapt to it at all. They were still about trying to go down the wing, even, even though the conditions were quite bad, especially around the corners and right by the touchline. Whereas Pompey looked to go through more the middle, along the floor, so, sometimes a direct ball. Um, but like I said, it was the same for literally every single game, nearly every single game in the football pyramid today. And I had, I looked up and down BBC Sport and no other game got called off either. So I'll make that point there. But Paulson played extremely well. Um, I said to another Southern podcast about, uh, about how, how Pompey could actually create problems. And I knew that the players had bottle, they had that mentality and they give it most of the time, give it 100% every game in the tackle and on the on the ball and and they did in horrible conditions um they just, they, they just kept it kept on in the press and in the strong tackles but also go ports of going forward um the first goal uh, the, i think it was the um first goal the bazoo the, the bazoo goal kick quite direct all the way to curtis but he did a lovely flick on for lee brown out wide and a, a lovely pass into harness under previous regimes that that that, bought, that cross would have just gone straight into the box without even looking, but it was measured. Brown looked up, pass on the floor to harness. I'm not, I'm not sure if he got a deflection or not. It might have done, and he puts it in the corner after five minutes. And Pompey didn't look back from there, um, which hasn't happened 
in a long time this season. It's been over a month and a half since, a month and a bit since Portsmouth won a game. And that was generally one of the better performances that I'd seen in from them in a long time, uh, tactically and mentally as well. But again, like I said earlier, from a Sunderland perspective, they, they found it in after half-time and that was must have been incredibly depressing. Yeah, not great um, far from it. It's one of the worst performances we've had since coming down here. I felt a little bit like, I don't know if people remember this, but Peterborough 3-0 a couple of seasons ago. Brad, I don't know if you recall that game in particular. Um, that was also a grim game. But before we before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of, of stuff, because obviously we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the rain, because um, it is a talking point, of course. But before we go into it, obviously we started with, in my opinion, it was quite a few surprising changes in the sense that obviously McGeady was injured, which he always seems to be against Portsmouth, don't know why. Um, but the likes of O'Brien and Bailey Wright kept their place, um, despite Callum Doyle and the likes of, say, Dan Neal being available, he could have maybe pushed out. Um, and Corey Evans obviously came back in and, well, kept his place because he played against um, against Cheltenham. I, I understand the continuity from you've won 5-0, you don't really want to change things. But the concern a little bit for me today, and maybe I'm... Jumping the gun a bit with the likes of Aidan O'Brien and Bailey Wright for me are players that have previously failed for Sunderland and at best should be squad players and can maybe do it against Cheltenham. But I think I said, I think I said on, on our podcast, I said it on, on Freddie and Hughes' podcast earlier in the week, Portsmouth away is never going to be an easy game, no matter what form you're in. And it's proven to be because it's shown over the, the years we've been down here, both both games at the Stadium Light and Fratton Park have both been difficult games and there's been about a million of them and they've all been difficult. There's never been an easy one between them for either side, really. Um, and it felt like Lee Johnson made mistakes for me in, in the starting lineup. but I wouldn't have played with Aidan O'Brien. I wouldn't have played with Bailey Wright. I understand they played well on uh, midweek against Cheltenham. I, I get that. But for me, Callum Doyle, 17-year-old, is more assured than, than Bailey Wright is. And for me, Aidan O'Brien still missed a decent chance midweek when we were 5 0 up. Um, if you've got Daniel and Khan Doyle there, I think they've both been massive pluses this season. I think you put them in in a really difficult game, but obviously I'm prepared to be wrong and, and, and people might be wrong. But Brad, what, what did you make of the starting lineup? I agree with you, Graham. Um, if he's going to keep the changes in personnel, I, I'm sure we'll probably play a back three, or otherwise, uh, I think I could be corrected. Yeah. It, when we play in the back three and he's keeping the same personnel, we keep the same shape as what we did against Cheltenham because they played with a back three as well. But he reverted back to our old 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. And it just purely doesn't work with O'Brien as that left-hand side striker um, because then at that point you're required to be basically... In defence, he becomes a wing-back and he he's not capable of doing that. In the 4-4-2, like we did on Tuesday night, um, Yes, it, it can work, um, but you you are right. If I'm a firm believer, and I know people disagree because they say you might need to ease people in. If someone's fit enough to be on the bench, Graham, they start. If, yes, if they are, I agree. Yeah. The options that are out there, even if it was you start Doyle for the first sixty minutes, and then you take him off, and you see where you're at. Or you, just, then, put, or you just put him on the bench, and you, I mean, you don't put him on the bench, and you say he's not fit enough to be on the correct. bench. He's not fit enough to start. You don't play him if he's not fit enough. Don't don't have him in the squad. That, that's it's 100% correct and clearly he's fit enough he's came on at half time when we're 3-0 down um, and I thought that was a bit of a surprising change I know we've changed to a back three at that point but at the time I was expecting them to say just throw a caution to the wind so the game's gone and just go with Pritchard and uh, Dan Neal f- from half time 
just to see the one change and to be a defender for attacking midfielder was a bit strange for me. But I don't want to pick too much because I think based on how we've done this season and Johnson making the change he done Tuesday and little here and there changes through the season, I think he's built him a bit of credit. So yeah. This is the one game where we've thought, fucking hell, like you've said, it's like a Peterborough one where when we got beat 3-0. It's them sort of games where you just you just never want to fucking remember it, mate. You just want to look at it and go, you know, you know we've been beaten. Um you react well to it, and it's it's putting the it's putting the. I mean, the Burton game we discussed. Burton we discussed Fleetwood. Fleetwood was quite a frustrating podcast to do, conceding two and sort of the last nine minutes or sixteen minutes. If you get the add on, the added on time as well. But then we beat Burton, and the, we came on this podcast on the Saturday, and we were doing backflips, and then we went and beat Cheltenham five 0 So, I think um, I doubt he listens, but if he does, Lee. Um, Try not live up to your, your nickname of Streaky Johnson and please just win the next five. Um, and, and this will all be forgiven. I think I think in hindsight, because I like to be as balanced as I can, and obviously anyone's listening at the start and hear I'm a bit cheesed off. And so yeah, so I should be, you know what I mean? So we all should be. No one likes to get beat, let alone phone out of a, a team that I think, you know, probably will be there or they're about to at least be top off. Um, and we want to win the league at the end of the day, or at least finish second. But I think to give balance taken into context of the whole season, it feels like a total one-off performance. It's in the reaction, I think, isn't it, really, how we how we yeah. view this result? Yeah, and like Freddie said, he, he thought Pompey played really, really well. Um, and I, I, I hope that's how he does feel about his team because he thinks Pompey played well. I think we've came up against better sides this season and beat them. Um, yeah, it's yeah. very hard to gauge, again, when the weather's like that, it's hard to gauge what a footballing team is. Pompey adapted to the day, to, to the conditions on the day. Um, we've played teams throughout this season where it's been glorious sunshine or no rain. Conditions are perfect. Now, it's looked a better football game. Now, if, if the conditions were better today, would it have been the same? We never know. Um, I think a lot of our team were miles away from what, what, what the standards we now hold them at. Yeah. Um, but in other seasons when we went and got beat heavily or played as poorly as today, we, the, the fans have sort of, especially on social media, took to it and been very angry about it. I think today it's more of a, a, a measured approach to say, well, look, we've, we've had an unbelievable start. This is how we... We'll judge it in another few games' time to see how we bounce back from this one. I, I think, think the international breaks came at the wrong time for us, to be honest. I think on that result for two weeks will hurt. Uh, it will hurt the young ones. That's what we've said. When we've said when we threw the Fleetwood game away, um, it's going to show their character. This will show even more that they're going to have this defeat hanging over them for two weeks mm. before they bounce back. Um, and we just see how we go from there. But yeah. I, I don't like mentioning the weather. I hate to sound like sour grapes. But uh, when Freddie said no, the game got called off. I think all the shots were only about 15 miles from you and got postponed uh, for 25 minutes in. Oh, there we go. I think for me, the one thing I would say, I really agreed. And I hate agreeing with opposition managers. I hate it because I'm a Sunderland fan and that's just my life. Um, but Danny Cowley jokingly said that he said, I think he said some something about the weather. And asked him about it, and he said, um, 
he said we were prepared for it before the game started. Before I go to back to Freddie, Brad, do you, do you think that maybe that's a learning? You know, in this season, I'd rather lose one game and then win two than draw three in a row. Technically, yeah. three draws looks better because you're unbeaten and yada, yada. So when we do get beat, I think we need to take a lot of learning from it. The Burton learning was take your chances. The, the Fleetwood learning when we drew what felt like a defeat was sort yourselves out of the back, don't give away stupid penalties in the 97th minute. Um, it's potentially the learning from this one. Be a bit more prepared for the conditions that are going to be coming at you and, and be prepared that the other like the other team might go a bit more direct or the, they might adapt to it better. Like Because I think Portsmouth seen what the weather was like and prepared for it, where it felt a little bit like we just went, oh, well, we'll just pass it around and hopefully it'll be all right. Yeah, I think we need to realise that water's wet. And when it's like that, <laughs> you don't, and the ball is sticking in all four corners, stop, and it has worked every other week, but for fuck's sake, stop trying to get down the wing. Because it, it, it must have been funny for, for Freddie in the stadium to see the amount of times that we're trying to, we're, we're creating a good position out wide and we're running inside and then the ball just stops dead and they're booting up the other side, but they're going central. And it was just one of them things. I mean, I think their first three goals, all, did they all come from the left or just about the left-hand side where they came over from that side? Obviously, one was a set play. Um, but not... I mean, the last one, again, I touched on it, they got caught under Winchester's feet. But we can still defend. Hoffman's pulled off a good save. We, know one, we haven't followed the runner, Doyle. I think he lost uh, Marcus. But all their goals didn't come courtesy of the weather. They came from poor defending or man-marking or not closing down. I mean, the first one, it was a bit behind the, the, the kid that scored and Sirkin could have been out a little bit quicker, but he tried to hold his ground and just block it. It's just little, little things like that where you can coach it rather than trying to adapt to the weather. It's a, it's them things where you can you can coach it and cut them out going forward. Um, but yeah, I think I think the main one is Lee Johnson is getting them and say, if we can, when it rains, it gets wet. And don't go and don't go where there's puddles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Going going to you, Freddie, we're, we're Pompey. Um again on both podcasts, we we had a good a good slagging match about John Marquis, his lack of confidence and his uh his hopefulness in front of goal. And and me and Hugh were discussing about how it's almost painful with his Charlton chant. Uh, lo and behold, something they're used to this, but we let players break their scoring ducks. Um He's been in dire form. You kind of deny it. And, and lo and behold, obviously, Sunderland let him score two goals today. I think me and Brad have sort of touched on it there. There was a few defensive mistakes, but ultimately, Marcus has had open goals and missed in the past few weeks. What was the big difference for him today? Uh, <coughs> it helps that he took his chances where he did, obviously. Um, even, I did think his movement off the ball was slightly better in this game. Um, in the last few games where he didn't play as well, he's always a player who runs his socks off every game. So that's why the fans give him a bit more leeway than, let's say, an Ellis Harrison or a George Hurst or more target man strikers. The fact that Marquis fits Danny Cowley's mould of always pressing out of position, the fact that he's always on top of the centre-half all the time, he did that very well. But sometimes sometimes his movement was a bit iffy and he panicked when the ball came near him. But, but this time, it helped that the service was much better. I would say that, because um, beforehand the service to him was here and there and the XG before the game pretty much solved that where Marcus really only should have scored one more goal than the one goal he had but it helps that the sort of chances he took away they're the sort of chances that Marcus scores he, he, or he whenever um, a ball is played into him and he just hits it first time that's when he scores 
So for so from the free kick, he got ahead. He got ahead of his man. Just just got the lightest touch, and it went into the corner. Fine. Um, and then the second one, it was a, it was a plumb ball by Joe Morrell on top of his head. Yes, the keeper keeper made a very good save, with no, but nobody was near him for the second one. I think the confidence grew as Pompey were on top already. That definitely helped, and the link up play with some of the with Curtis and Harness was very good. I thought, and I, I thought think Curtis outstanding today for you a lot. He was excellent. I think. I think excellent. if I, if I, uh, I, said, I don't like to give Pompey much credit, but Curtis for me was absolutely. <laughs> he, 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 every time I think something went well for Pompey, you'd heard uh, Danny and Frankie on the on our commentary. It, they would mention Curtis, or you seen him on the screen, and it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, he's having a good game, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> we've come back from one or two Portsmouth players, and uh, mm. like Freddie was saying there, when you watch Marcus, he, he was sort of like he's Doncaster days today. He was in his right in the right place at the right time, and it was just we couldn't cope with him. And yeah, you deserve to beat us. So. Ah, yeah. I, I could mention so many Pompey players who had an excellent game, which, from a Sunderland fan perspective, but it just it just makes you think. Well, it was it, it was a freak of a result. It, you, you can take it where it could be. Oh, it's a freak of a result. We can move on, and if if Sunderland win the next game anyway, it doesn't matter. But Pompey, this is a this is a proper building block, and we haven't had that for a long time. Um, was Curtis playing up versus... front today, by the way? Was he playing up front? Because mm. he's played left throughout the whole time. And I think Hugh mentioned he was playing up front. He looked like he was up front with Marquis today. And that, yeah, yeah. We, we now play um, a 3 4 one, two with, uh, as well, shifting harness into the number 10. He's that been suits there. so much and better. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because sometimes playing a player like Curtis on the wing, you mentioned O'Brien earlier, more of like an inside forward. Some, sometimes playing Curtis on the wing, his crossing isn't the best, like an outside winger would be, but he's he always cuts inside onto his right foot and his shot's very good and he's always tenacious. Playing him up front alongside Marquis helps Marquis for a start because whenever Marquis usually plays, when he had that run of scoring form last season, he was up front with either Marcus Harness or Ryan Williams, who was here. So it helps him, but it also helps Curtis because it just allows him and Marquis both to press the Sunderland defence the entire time. And Marcus Harness can drop back a bit and be that playmaking out ball all the time, um, which really worked. And one, uh, I'm going to move on the conversation a tiny bit. One thing Sutherland didn't do very well was exploit Pompey's weakness of both centre-halves in the back three. Not Sean Raggett. Sean Raggett in the middle, excellent game, as usual. He's been one of our better players. But we had Sean Williams on the left side. He's a centre midfielder. And Kieran Freeman, who's made significant errors. They weren't... They weren't um, pressed and basically not uh, not put into dangerous positions enough for me. That that's one thing that Sunderland didn't do that I thought they should have done. I think what well, was massive what, today, Brad. Yeah, um, sorry, that's what, I mean, well Tuesday, Graham. We we exploited that back three. They had I think Cheltenham had a half decent centre half with the other two that were hopeless, and we exploited that. And then changing the shape didn't allow us to do that. But there, you know what I mean. I think Freddie picked up on something really important there for me. And again, I really want to keep it in context. But the thing is, when you when you do a podcast with people listening who might be thinking I'm being a bit harsh here, when you do a podcast, you're reacting to just the game. And, and sometimes you, you want to have the whole context of the season, but the game's fresh in your mind. And um, football's a really emotional, passionate game. So um, please don't think I'm being too harsh because I'm, I'm just saying today's game as I see it and not the context as a whole. I can't knock the effort of the lads this season in terms of their pressing 
the harrying and, and the going for it. Yeah, there's been one or two drop-offs, Fleetwood, um, Burton, yeah, that was unlucky that we didn't win. And there's been a couple of times when you think, oh, bloody hell, that's how we... Because we're in League One, we're you know we're not we're not Premier League players. It's going to be times when we're a bit off colour. Um, but today, I just I don't know why you would go to Fratton Park and think that you just roll a team over because I don't think anyone thought that confidence, no problem with it. But today we seem to like lack desire and pressing, and, and like Freddie said, we didn't really press them at the back. And for me, um, and I don't know whether you'd agree with me on this, Freddie, but this is the worst postman squad and starting eleven since we've been in League One. I there was no real player outside of the ones you had three, four years ago that would bother me like Curtis. The rest, I'm like, well, I haven't seen him play that well. I haven't seen him before. I haven't seen him before. Like you go back four years ago, you had Matt Clark, you had Jamal Lowe, but today, take out the weather, right? We'll, we'll probably discuss a bit more, but take out the weather and, and all that kind of stuff. But there was a bit of a lack of desire today, Brad. I don't know if you felt the same. I felt we didn't have the desire we've had in the past seven, eight weeks. For me, from minute one, uh, I think we had the kickoff and we, we tried to play what we were doing and the ball went to Bailey right, left centre-half, and Pompey pressed us. And I think it was all 10 seconds in, there was already a turnover and they were, they were straight on the attack. And we didn't see that coming from our side. Now, like you said, don't mention the weather or anything. I don't I, I don't know if they were scared of putting a bad tackle in. Um, obviously, if you slip in that type of condition, that's it. If, if you're committed, you're committed and someone's going to get hurt. But on the flip side, I didn't think I seen many of the players today with the right attitude. Um, I agree. I do. I know we said if players are fit, you play them. I think I'd have probably left Huggins in instead of Sirkin. As maybe he's a, a slight for me. He was outstanding the other night. He was. And I, players that have came back in, and one player in particular that me and you absolutely love, and I hate criticising him because I, like, I love the bones of the kid. I thought Same. the one night today was, was embarrassing. I he thought he was really poor today. Horrendous. That is his worst performance in a Sunderland shirt, in my opinion. And I hear criticising him. Because I hear one he's got. Like, he's a 7 out of 10 minimum. Today, I was struggling to give him more than a 3, 4, but 3. I just, I, I, I think the big one today, like you're saying, the press was a big, big factor. But I think it was the attitude of the players, thinking that they might wear in form. Pompey haven't won since, was it, it was a middle of, August. It was the one that it was a win against Shrewsbury at home, which was August seventeenth, whatever. Put a bit ago. They've looked at it and went, "Yeah, we should be beating these." And they've completely underestimated everything that we're, we're trying to change in the culture of how we've looked at it in previous seasons. And the big one is for Johnson to get in and see how we react to it because from minute one, like I said, we had the kickoff and we've gave the ball straight away from Pompey's press. The attitude was all wrong from all but one or two, I would say. Um, we didn't give Ross Stewart a sniff, in all fairness. So I, you, you can't really come to, down too hard on him. We didn't get the ball to him, nowhere near where we should have. Um, I don't think it'd pump you away. You can afford to have more than one or two players. Either A, not up for it, or B. And again, it sounds dead harsh. It sounds like we're absolutely destroying them. But um, we got beat 4-0. And, and I think we've raised our standards so high this season. And I think, um, again... It's a reality we, It is, yeah. And it's the context of this game. 
it, it's the context of this game. You have to look at it. This game. That's what we're discussing. It's this game. The context they, of the season. It should be all right. The players have got to accept but, that we are going to back them one hundred percent, and we're going to be flying high all over social media or everywhere when we're winning and we're, we're playing well. But what they've also got to accept is when they have a performance like they did today that was not acceptable, that the fans are going to criticise. They are going to name people who, who, in our eyes, didn't play well. And it's up to them to then come back and react to it. That's where you see if we're a good enough squad, good enough team. This is the one where we said, yes, when we got beat at Burton, we played well. It was probably one of our better performances. Fleetwood, mm. we but we didn't lose. This is probably the one now, Graham, from when I said against Fleetwood, how do they react with character? This is the one where Johnson has now the opportunity to come in and say, right, I have the chance to make these changes. Winchester wasn't that great today. Does he put Huggins in the right back now and give Winchester a break? These are the ones where he can make these changes and it's justified because they haven't played well and not one player can go knocking at the manager's door and say, well, why am I dropped this game? It's up for these lads who are on the bench or we're missing today to come in and say, right, I'm going to put this right and keep their place in that squad. Yeah, I oh, will. Yeah, I hope that we come back this in a few weeks and go, bloody hell, we were being harsh. But again, context of today's game. Freddie, a couple more things on, on Portsmouth. Um, you were at the game today, uh, eating chips, as Hugh updated me um, before the game. I don't know if there were soggy chips, but I'm assuming there were. Um Again, it's, it's hard for it not to sound like sour grapes. I personally think the game should have probably been called off. I think the fact that you were 3-0 up probably, probably helped it. Um, but taking away our opinions on it, we've all given our opinions on what we thought should have happened with that game. There's nothing we can do about it. It's done. It is what it is. Wouldn't, in my opinion, Pompey would deserve the result, weather dependent. Uh, sorry, weather, uh, weather aside. But in the stands, I'm kind of curious because I can only see what's on social media and watch what's on the telly and it, it felt like it was never going to get called off, but it probably should have been if the score wasn't so far apart. In the stands, did it ever feel like there was going to be a point that the ref was going to call it? People worried about it at half-time, especially since all the Sutherland players were in the referee's ear in the second half, immediately after the whistle went. Lee, jo- Lee Johnson pretty much stood next to the fourth official, going like uh, literally mouth-moving the entire time. So, so it was a fear, um, but like Danny Cowley said on Twitter, there was no way the referee was call, calling that game off. He, he wouldn't have gone out that ground at all if that happened because of the pressure, I don't think. You mentioned a point earlier about this Pompey side not being, a bit of being, not being up to it compared to some of the other Pompey sides that you've seen, which is interesting. The main thing to take away from it is Pompey are basically back to square one again for, uh, with a completely new manager, Massive turnover of players, completely different style of play, completely different style, completely different formation. This is the first time we're pro- Pompey are properly playing a back three, game after game after game for ages. So there was there was, there was always going to be um, individual errors while players are getting used to the system. There was always going to be that, which is why Pompey are, are not further up the table at present, and which is why many fans think will be in the conversation for the for one of the lower playoff spots. But if we miss, it's not surprising. But really, so some of the players that are brought in, I think long-term will end up better. Even though, like you mentioned, Matt Clark and Jabalo, they were exceptional players for Portsmouth and arguably shouldn't have been the one in the first place. But as a squad as a whole, I think Portsmouth will build to something eventually. It might not. It might be after this season, but I think they will build on and be a stronger team 
an even better team than what Sunderland fans have seen of Rampart today, I think. I think, obviously, um, probably one of the big things is that talking to you and Hugh this week and, and other Portsmouth fans in more depth, you certainly, while you may not be behind necessarily the ownership, some people, I think you're definitely all behind Danny Cowley. There seem to be very few dissenting voices even before this game, isn't there? 100%. 100%. Um, the, <laughs> talking about the ownership is very strange because of, Literally, sometimes sometimes you get some positive news one day, and then the next day that it's something completely negative, and it riles people up. But Danny and Nicky Kyle, they got the full support from the fans since day one, pretty much. Um, not only style of play, but also he gets he gets sports of football club, and yeah, and some of the fans will, will see that when they've had managers who never who never got the passionate fan base that some of them have, obviously in the city and etc. Danny Cowley gets Pompey. And every single post-match interview I, I, I listen to because it's actually worth listening to. And he's up front about it. If something went goes wrong, he says it. He, t- he talks in-depth tactically, which uh, Kane Jacket didn't always do that much. And he's passionate on the sidelines, which definitely gets the fans behind him. But with the uh, with the ownership, he, uh, Danny, Danny Cowley will get given time. Kane Jacket got nearly four years. And I think the Cowleys, unless it completely bottoms out in, a, in an emergency scenario will get at least two seasons at least yeah I think so too um, whenever you take Kenny Jacket just my head immediately says Kenny Sackett immediately I don't know it's just always there because um, whenever like we got a good result against you it was like oh Kenny Sackett I think it was made famous by the Keeling of course and Wiseman say if you haven't listened to their show you can do alongside all the other good Sunday that podcasts that is positive Graham today that getting beat is not to see Kenny Jacket's smug fucking smile on the sideline <laughs> You can't hate Danny Cowley, he's too nice. No, <laughs> you, you can't hate him at all. Whereas Kenny, whereas Kenny Jacket sometimes can rile people up. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Cowley. I think, I mean, he was in line for our job before Johnson got it as well. And I'd have been happy with him. I'd have, and I was happy with Johnson. They were the two that I was like, yeah, that, that, that you could get on board with. Um, because I think they get the size of the fan bases, I think they understand what the, the demand. Lee Johnson is far better on LinkedIn, though. He's a very LinkedIn manager. When it comes to LinkedIn profiles, Danny Cowley's got nothing on him, in my personal opinion. Side note. Um, in the context of the season, obviously, I think for Pompey, I'd be asking a really stupid question because I think I know the answer. The context for, for this result, Freddie, for the whole season is this might be a kick in the arse that your season's needed. But... Tough games coming up. Um, when you look at obviously your next fixtures, it really doesn't get easier. Uh, Rotherham away, Ipswich at home, Accrington away, Bolton at home, and then you've got Wickham away as well. Um, but does it give you a little bit more confidence that you can start maybe troubling maybe the bottom half of the playoffs or maybe even more? Um, because obviously, if you can turn us over, we've been the form side in the league and turn us over quite convincingly. You, you've got no fear going into the other games, have you? It depends, really. It, it it all depends how the players take on this result. Now, if they're overconfident, then it, then we can then we'll go back to patchy form again. If they if they think, oh well, we turned over Sunderland four 0 or, or all these other games, we'll be able to do that, no problem. But if they but if they use that as a stepping stone and move on, um, the big thing for me it was ne- it was never really the ta- the the tactics behind Danny Cowley's sides that that never really bothered me as the reason why Portsmouth were losing results. So I always had faith in that. It was whether how uh, how long would it take to, for the players to get used to it? Um, in the context of Sunderland season, Brad, mm, we hope that it's not going to derail anything, and, and we've spoke about it a little bit. 
And it's all about reaction, isn't it? I think um, hopefully we'll come back to this result in two, three weeks and it'll be fine. But you, rather than saying what's it going to mean in the context of the season, because I know that's been the ending question in the past few weeks, but, but um, I think we've kind of touched on it. Is it a benefit that we've got like a good League One side, but in the competition that doesn't really matter on Tuesday, so we can maybe get that result out of our system with a win over LinkedIn on Tuesday? To be honest, mate, I don't think it's going and not much is going to happen on Tuesday because Lee Johnson said himself a lot of the 23s are going to come in. So I wouldn't look too much to how we do react on, on Tuesday personally. I'll be putting a half half ish strong side out with us having the international break coming up. And not to want track. to re- not want to retain the pizza trophy, the prestigious pizza trophy. Yeah, I'd love to, mate. Um, yeah, it's not going to define our season by by any stretch. And I don't even think it'll define how Portsmouth are. Um, it's just going to be one of them things where Portsmouth have now got a win under their belt well, are they going to be a team that we'll have to worry about never know there's always a team that starts off slow and then chases you towards the end and then they might look back and we might look back at this result and think in previous seasons I'd have said yeah that result was coming because when you look at stats and we're summoned it would say Portsmouth haven't won in excellent games or so-and-so hasn't scored in so many games. And then we'll just say, well, you're, you're lucky to be playing Sunderland because fucking you're going to break both ducks now. Yeah, it's old school Sunderland today, wasn't it? I didn't expect it today. I was feeling quite confident, to be honest. Um, but we move on. I'll get over this result. I'll order the pizza. I've had a few pints. I'll, I'll have me tea, watch a film. I'll get over this result by tomorrow and then hopefully put it right in the next league game for me. Um, when previous seasons I've been furious all week but yeah. I was angry with the players like I say, I think they've built up enough credit this season to allow them a, not allow them because it's still not acceptable but to sort of not make us come down on them and like the manager I never see want to see this player wear someone's shirt like it would have been worse if, if we had Callum McFadden at left back names. I want choice, but we've got we've got options to to change it and try and put it right. Competition, so, yeah. competition in the squad, and fingers crossed. We'll, we will revisit this podcast for a laugh in a couple of weeks. But um, as always, I, know, I normally don't I say subscribe if you want to subscribe, but subscribe this time because we managed to go in the podcast. Easy thing for Fred to do, not easy for me and Brad to do following this. So if you're considering subscribing, just think of the services that we're providing you following a 4-0 defeat to Portsmouth on a rainy day when we've all been stuck in the house. Um, So do subscribe if you want. Actually, if you don't, it's fine. It's not a problem. I don't blame you if you don't. We can all be grumpy today. But thanks for tuning in if you haven't, if you've made it this far. Um, As ever, I've been Graham. We've been what the fork. Brad's been Brad. Fred has been Fred and Fred's made his his debut today and it's a good one for him, bad one for us. But thanks for coming on, lads. Appreciate no problem at all. Play up, Pompey. Up the blues. Yeah, thank you again, Greg. <laughs>